Hello, and welcome to Financial GPS Mama. My name's Heather Stokes, and I'm your host. We're going to talk about how to create a path to financial wellness and navigate to financial freedom. Let's face it, we don't plan to fail, we fail to plan. Through faith, focus, and financial growth, you can build a legacy. So let's get started. Okay, so my mission is to help families earn more money, become properly protected, debt-free and financially independent. How does that sound? Do you know what financial independence mean? Do you know what your financial independence number is? Well, good news. We have a financial needs assessment for you. And once we're done with that, we're going to know exactly where you're at, where you need to be, and you're going to tell me where you want to be. And then we're going to lay out a financial GPS that is going to give you financial growth and independence like you can't even imagine. How does that sound? Well, download the financial guide and then book a session with me and let's get started building that legacy today. We are gonna talk about putting the roof on our house. Okay, so we had our foundation and we that was our life insurance and, and planning, right? And then we got our framework in and we talked about that we needed to do budgeting and the cash flow plans and what that looked like. Well, now we're gonna put a roof on so that we can start putting floors and walls up. Okay. All right. So I'm going to go to our video. It's going to tell us what is on our financial roof. And then once we see that, we're going to talk a little bit. And then I have a couple other things to show you. Now you're ready for step three, the roof. In a financial house, your roof is made up of some key legal documents, your will, power of attorney, and advanced medical directive, to name a few. These documents are critical in order to protect your assets and most importantly, your family. You want to get a will right away because if you don't have a will, your government has one for you. You just have no say in it. For example, if both parents pass away and there's no will in place, the government will decide who raises your kids, which is the last thing we would ever want to happen. Another reason to get a will is to avoid a family feud. If you don't have a will when you die, you take the risk of family conflict, creating arguments of who gets what when you're gone. That kind of turmoil can be devastating to families. It happens often, and it's a problem that is easily avoidable. Once you've done this, you can feel good about your progress. You now have the foundation, the frame, and the roof to protect and improve your family's financial well-being. Now you can get to work. Okay, so we're going to stop there. And we are going to talk this evening about the financial house and what that looks like. Okay, so obviously there's three components they're saying on the roof. And the first component they mentioned was the will. Okay, so we talked a little bit about wills and estate planning when we were talking about life insurance, right? And if you didn't see that, you can go back and look at the videos within the group and you'll see those videos. So anyone that has life insurance should also have a will. Anyone who has children should have a will. Anyone who is married should have a will. Anyone who owns a house should have a will. Anyone who has a bank or checking account should have a will. So what does that mean? Pretty much everybody needs a will. Very few of us ever sit down and write it. We think it may not apply to us or, or things like that. It doesn't have to be super complicated or it can be full of every little detail you want it to have. So let's talk about what some of those details we may want to have within our will that might make us realize maybe we need to do a little bit of thinking. Okay, so at first it said 
you need a will. And if you don't have one, the government has one for you. Hmm. We already know we don't like a lot of what the government might have for us rule wise, right? So what do you think that means? Well, I'm sure most of you have probably heard the term probate, right? Okay, so if you don't have it written out, the government's going to say this person died. Okay, everything's here. It's ours. And we're going to decide if and when we're going to release it to people. And that means your family is going to have to go down and file in the courts and establish kinship to you. Okay. And if multiple people go and file, maybe you have more than one child, or maybe you have a brother or a sister or a mother who's going to go down and file first. And that's when the fighting amongst families starts in. If some people think, oh, it's just going to be the kid, the family's fighting. Sometimes it's the family's fighting in court and spending a whole lot of money and time trying to establish who should have the children, who should have the money, who should have the house. And it can get, people will say, oh, six, eight, nine months. I've seen it go on for years. It just depends on how much has to happen. So save your family the money of having to file for it. Save your family the headache. And save your children having to pick and choose where they're supposed to go write it out it's not that hard now also when they say that the government has an idea if the government then takes over certain accounts it makes it hard for people to access it that's why even if you say oh well, i don't have kids yet and oh i don't have a house yet if you have a bank account and you have a checking account a family member if you're deceased can't just go down and get the money unless you have pre-set aside, this is who's going to take over my, my things. Otherwise, the bank's going to keep that money or the government's going to keep that money. Whoever wants to keep that money is going to keep that money. So it really comes down to simple little things. So what I tell people is, because it can seem very overwhelming, is, uh, and we talked about this before, if you can look down, imagine something's happened, the worst has happened. And make sure you everybody so, you did here. Right. Okay, I got it. Um, put mute. There we go. Okay. Imagine the worst has happened and you've passed. Look down onto your world and decide what needs to happen next. Okay. Think about what the next four days are going to look like. Think about what the next month is going to look like. And even think further out of that. If you have young children. What is it going to look like for their education expenses? What is it going to look like for their first car? What's it going to look like for their wedding? If you're not there, how do you want it to look? How do you want the money spent? Okay, so that's what we're going to kind of take a look at now is it's not just about who you want your kids with. It's how do you want that to be broken down? Okay, because you might have someone that says, hey, this person's going to be really great about raising my kids and keeping the same type of dynamics that I've started for my kids, but they're maybe not the person I want handling all the money. Maybe you need a trust. Maybe you need a custodial person over the money and then a person that's raising the kids. Or maybe you say, hey, I think during the school year, I would want my kids to be with this relative because they're gonna be really good about making sure they do their school. But during the summers, I want them to go with their fun aunt because she's gonna make sure they have a good summer. All these little little details, right? Got to work out the little details. Okay, so going back to the money, I'm going to take you to, to another video and then to a calculator now so you can kind of get your mind thinking about different options within that estate planning that you might want to be looking at 
having in place for your children or your loved ones. So I'm gonna share my screen again and we're gonna jump over here. All right, so this is the rule of 72. It's very short. It's just gonna to talk to you about how money can grow based on where it's placed, okay? The high cost of waiting. Wanna save $1 million by age 67? You better get started soon. The longer you wait, the more you have to put away each month. I'm gonna the rule of 72, there we go, okay. Do you know the rule of 72? It's an easy way to calculate just how long it's going to take your money to double. Just take the number 72 and divide it by the interest rate you hope to earn. That number gives you the approximate number of years it will take for your investment to double. As you can see, a one-time contribution of $10,000 doubles six more times at a 12% return than at 3%. How many doubling periods do you have in your life? Okay. So let's, let's talk about that. That talked about $10,000, but I have the calculator set up to talk about $20,000. Okay, let's imagine for a minute you had a life insurance policy of $500,000, okay? Now let's imagine you have two children. So automatically if you're, you and your wife had both passed, okay, and you said, okay, there's $500,000 for the child, for my children, that's $250,000 each and you start dividing up how you want that $250,000 to go out to them. Well, there's lots of different ways. It can just be one lump sum. It could be, I want so many at age this, so much at age that. Um, I want them to have, you know, they can spend X amount of dollars for a car. They can have X amount of dollars for uh, schooling. They can have X amount of dollars at age 20, at age 25 and age 30. But one other creative thing I tell people to do is think about laying out a trust that can say, um, I want to put $20,000 right away into, you know, some type of fund and that fund is going to grow. Now we're not going to put the 12% because that's not exactly guaranteed. Um, you can always count on, you know, on a, approximately 9%. So look at that 9%. If you put in $20,000 at 9% and you said, oh, when they're in their twenties, you know, now also your children are gonna get survivor benefits, right? So let's just say they're 250 for an easy number, 250 a piece a month. So you can also say I want $50 of that a month to go into this fund as well, okay? So in 20 years, you have only contributed, you know, the original 13% and then uh, each month you've just run another 8%, but 79% of this has grown in interest. So we're at, you know, $150,000. So you left them $250,000, right? And you put 20 of that into this. So they still have $230,000. And now they have another $153,000, right? To move forward with. Well, maybe they got to that and they they just needed need to take this money out. Or maybe you said, no, I don't want to do it in their 20s because they still have no idea what they're talking about, right? None of us do. So let's look at 30 years. And maybe in their 30s or 40s, they'll be more responsible and, and I can help fund them a house. I mean, they could take this $386,000 and buy a house cash. Hey, I want to be able to buy their first house, right? I want to be able to help them with that. Well, maybe you're lucky and your kid's been productive and they got to this mark and they said, hey, you uh, you have this money in here. Your parents put the start of this fund when they passed. They wanted some money to go to there. We put that to that. And this is what's here. You know, happy birthday and you can buy a house. And they said, well, you know, I've already bought my house and I really don't need this. 
they could keep this in here, right? And pre-fund their retirement. Let's look and see if they just kept it in there. They kept giving that $50 a month and they just let it grow. Now here you just did $20,000 out of your, you know, estate planning, right? Or maybe you're like me and we, we have one granddaughter, right? We have girls and then we have one granddaughter. And so we say, okay, well, we're going to give her mom her portion, but we want $20,000 to go into an account that's going to save, you know, for, for the granddaughter. <clears throat> you can pre-fund their retirement. This is millions and millions of dollars, you know? And I mean, you can play with any, any number of years, right? And, and see where you're at. But it's just another thought I wanted to put in your head and throw out there is that you can get extremely creative and extremely detailed. But if you don't sit down and even write a basic will, none of it's up to you. Now you just got to hope that the government makes good decisions. Yeah. And your family's not going to argue. Sure. And everything's going to go great. Right. Well, here we were just talking about money and we were talking about kids. But what about your house? What if you're a homeowner, right? Okay. If you're a homeowner and you're a married couple, well, most of the times both your names are on, you know, the mortgage, but what if they're not? What if both your names aren't on the mortgage? Maybe you didn't put your husband or wife on because their credit wasn't great. And, or maybe you weren't married at the time when you bought the house, or, you know, maybe you want to leave your house to your children, to one of your children that doesn't already have a house. Well, there's another little thing called a ladybird deed. And that ladybird deed you could do that would pass down to the child or pass over to the spouse that's not on the mortgage without them having to go down and pre-approve and try to get establish who they are and go through all these extra steps and pay all these extra fines and fees, right? This is fine fee free after you set it up. There's no taxes on it. They're not gonna have to pay doc stamps or all those type of things. So it's understanding what your options are, what your family's options are when you're not here and trying to pre-set up to be as, you know, complicated as possible, as least complicated as possible when you pass. Because otherwise everybody's already grieving, they're already sad, you're not here, they're distraught and you're expecting them to think with a clear head what to do because you didn't feel like sitting down and writing it out doesn't make a whole lot of sense, right? When we say it out loud, we're like, well, duh, yeah, I, I need to write it out and think about these things. It's not fun to think about what happens if we die. But if we don't think about it and we don't plan for it, we end up putting our friends and family in a harder position than they need to be in when they're already busy grieving us, okay? So if the house wasn't enough and the kids wasn't enough <laughs> and the money wasn't enough, there's other things too. So as you're sitting down and writing that out and we're talking and discussing it, you also need to be thinking about investments or 401ks or things like that you might have. You wanna make sure when you make your investments and you set up your 401ks that you list beneficiaries on there in case you do pass. A lot of people don't do that. And sometimes the person helping you set them up didn't do that either. Didn't say, hey, who do you want your beneficiary to be? You know, they might be, it might be through your work and it's a 401k and there's so many people and they're not, they don't really care to go through all those details. Well, what happens to that money? What if you had 40, $50,000 already built up 
in your 401k and you didn't have your husband or wife listed as a beneficiary, what happens to that money? Well, again, they've got to go down, they got to establish the next again, they got to file paperwork. They may not then be able to get the full amount of money. They might be able to have to just take somewhat of a withdrawal on it. You know, when, if you'd written as a beneficiary, they might be able to roll it over if it's annuity or something like that. And we can just roll it right over into their name. Again, that transition becomes so much easier, especially if your husband or wife, you know, passed with you, you were in a horrible car accident and there's money left there that again could go towards the kids or could go to a family member. If you don't have that beneficiary listed, it's going to be up to them to even find the account because no one's going to call them and say, hey, your parents had this account. You want some money? No one's going to do that. <laughs> They're going to have to try to figure out who even has your 401k and where it's at. And then they're going to have to try to, to establish why they, they should get it. Again, just tying up all these loose ends, right? And it seems we have to do and sit down and do. And I'm happy to sit down with you and do it. And there's another benefit. We are partnered with Legal Shield, And what that means is that we have attorneys at our disposal that can sit down and do all the extra paperwork that comes with it. And we can do it for a very reasonable rate. So I myself had sat down in the past and done estate planning with my husband. And we had to do it in an emergency situation because he had a health issue and he was gonna have surgery. You know, I spent thousands and thousands of dollars doing a trust and everything last minute. Okay. I've rewritten that three times. <laughs> We're getting ready to rewrite it again, because that's the other thing. Just because you wrote a will doesn't mean that will's good five or 10 years later, because your life changed, right? Things changed and you have different assets and you may have different children than you had the last time you wrote it. You may have had more kids or you may have grandkids now that you didn't have when you wrote it the last time. So keeping that up to date, guess what? When you go back to that attorney that wrote it the first time, they're gonna charge you an hourly rate to rewrite it. Yeah, so the good news is with our legal program is it can be as low as $28 a month, you know, like $336 I think annually. But you get to, and I mean annually, so that means, hey, I'm going to slowly work through this. I don't have to go sit down and, and grind for 10 hours with the, the lawyer and figure this out, you know. We're going to go through one step and then the next step and then the next step. And we're going to do it over a time frame that's comfortable for you and comfortable for you know, the attorneys. And they are going to help you through this process. I'm going to help you through this process. And we're going to work through every little detail so that you can have peace of mind. Do you know how easy it is to sleep at night when you're not staying up awake wondering what's going to happen if? Because I've been there. You know, I, I've been, oh, I didn't do this. Oh, I didn't do that. What if this happens? You get peace of mind, okay, for a very reasonable cost. This is going to cost you thousands of thousands of dollars. You know, the idea that you could write a will, a trust, a power of attorney, medical directives, all that stuff, you know, for less than you can go out to dinner is very comforting to me and I'm sure to other people and hopefully to you in the future. Um, so the other theme we're going to talk really quick, we have a few minutes, um, power of attorney. So why is that important? Well, 
maybe you didn't die, but you got seriously hurt in that accident and, or you got diagnosed with some type of illness and you need someone to be able to go into the bank and take care of your finances, or you need someone to be able to talk to the doctor and help make decisions for you because you're not able to do that. Okay. Again, these are situations where you're making things harder on yourself and your family if you don't go ahead and sit down and make these decisions now as to who I want to make these decisions and who I can trust to make these decisions. Otherwise, again, it becomes an argument and a fight in the hallway outside while you're sick and you really need your family just to be focused on themselves and you and they're too busy arguing about what needs to happen. So these forums might seem tedious. They may not seem like it's something you want to think about. Oh, we'll just throw caution to the wind and see what happens. We'll wait and see. Uh, oh, they know best. Oh, Susie will just do that. Um, it's I've seen it time and time again from working, uh, you know, in the hospitals in years past and and myself with, you know, my family when there's been different situations, um, terminal illnesses and such. And that that's just not a time you want to have that pre-set up. And if you, you don't, when the time comes, you're going to wish you had. <laughs> and you're going to wish you didn't put that burden on yourself. So is there anybody here tonight that has questions or wants to make a comment about maybe something they had been through? And maybe they have a will or a power of attorney and things that affected their life in a way that they feel they would like to share and other people could learn from. Hi, Mark, I see your hand up. Yep. Uh, Heather, my father passed away, had a will, had it all handled beforehand. And mm -hmm. my four siblings and I are all still very close together where we didn't get torn apart by this. And that was my dad's wish was to have everything done beforehand and he was prepared. And as the executor, I thanked him big time because it's no fun doing that. So your executor will thank you afterwards if it's anything like my dad, he had it all planned. So that's why I have yeah. a will, our attorney and such as well. Yeah. yeah, and thank you for that. And that brings up a point like I, this past year I had two clients. One client, they had had, uh, her husband's mother had passed away and she didn't have a will. Like, you know, it was an unexpected illness. She didn't have a will. And, but she was very close with them. I mean, even helped them with their finances. And, and she, they knew she had a life insurance policy at one point. But another thing that's important for people to know that in the state of Florida, in the state of Florida, if uh, when people are going down in probate and they're filing for an kinship, if someone has helped pay for the funeral, services or paid for the funeral services, they can establish rights to any type of estate that's there or to kinship. And that's what had happened in their case is that one of the uncles and uh, had paid for the funeral and had gone down and, you know, filed his fees from the funeral and as well had established kinship because he was her brother and had actually cashed in on her life insurance policy. And they had to go fight that out in court. They're still fighting that out in court. 
So that's just an example of, you know, you hope that the best wishes are going to be there, but sometimes they just aren't. I had another client whose mother passed who was pretty young. And again, it just wasn't something, you know, that was planned. And, and she didn't have any type of life insurance or anything like that. But um, the grandfather, my client's grandfather had found a um, old from one of her old employers, like an old retirement plan. And um, he also had paid for funeral expenses, tried to cash in on that. Uh, luckily, that company said um, we need kinship paperwork, ended up finding out and, and getting that money to her daughter, my client, instead of the grandfather. Um, but, you know, it, it happens every day. You know, people feel like, um, hey, there's an opportunity here. And unfortunately, people, even family members will take advantage of your passing. Um, I had another family member uh, of a client that took a house, you know, they, it was a estranged husband who had moved back in. He just stayed living there. No one really asked questions, but she had actually left the house to her kids, but because no one asked questions and no one knew the will or what. So even if you make a will and you make plans, you need to make sure, like Mark, you said you were an executor of your father's will. So the executor, whoever is going to be in charge of divvying, you know, the funds out or is the executor, that person needs a copy of whatever you do for your will. And, you know, you need to have a copies somewhere, you know, here's my file. <laughs> it's going to be in this drawer over here. And here's a copy, you know, have the original somewhere where people know, have a copy out to the people um, who are supposed to be receiving things. If you're like, hey, you're not the executor, but I want you to know that you get half of my insurance money and your brother gets the other half, you know, or your sister, whatever. There's no reason to hide this from our families. I mean, hopefully they're not going to want to send a leechman out on you or anything or put a hit on you. But if you don't share this information, they may never know because someone might sweep in underneath them and try to, to keep that information from them. You know, and that the same I've seen it happen. I've saw one time before I even started doing financial services where a grandparent had done that. They thought the grandchild um you know, the parents had passed and they thought the grandchild was not really ready for that kind of money, even though they were an adult, you know, and you have a limitation. You, some places are five, some places are 10 years, you know, on like annuities and different investment things for people to claim the money. And if the money goes unclaimed, the company just keeps it. So they're not going to look and hunt you down or anything. The person has to come and claim it that it's left to. So again, even on the investments, if you don't tell somebody, hey, listen, you're the beneficiary on this account in case something happens to me, they're not going to know, right? Well, the grandparents thought, oh, well, whenever this person gets their life together, we'll just all of a sudden tell them that it's here. And, you know, they got 10 years to try to get their life together, you know? In the meantime, the person's struggling and it's not their money to keep from them, you know? It, it, these things happen every day. And so I encourage Every client I have, when we sit down and we're doing our financial planning, when we're making investments, when we're doing life insurance policies, estate planning is always something I push on the top of my list because it's all these little details that have to be gone through. But this is your this is your roof. Well, why is it the roof? Because it's supposed to be the umbrella of protection over this entire financial house you're building, right? 
So we said the foundation was life insurance, right? And then we said our framework is our cash flow, which is our budget. So that's where our money is going. And now we have this roof of protection and we have our will and our power of attorney <clears throat> and our medical directives all hanging over us like this protective umbrella. And next week we're going to start building the floors. But as we look at building the investments and different things onto our, our floors of our house, if we don't have that umbrella, it's like when it rains and you don't have a roof over your, your house, it, there, there's no, it was, it was in a way for nothing. If you have a life insurance policy with no will or estate planning, how are they even going to know? Who's going to know? So you did, you, you paid your monthly and you got this plan for what, for the company to keep it? Cause you didn't probably communicate it to your family or write a will for anybody to know what to do with it. I mean, it just, it doesn't make sense, but sometimes we just don't think that far. We're so busy in our daily life. We're so busy just, you know, doing what we got to do to get through the day. And we have good intentions, but we don't follow through all the way through with our planning. So I'm going to end it with that. I want everybody just to um, have a good evening. We will be back here next Thursday. I want to thank you for going on this journey today and commend you for taking the time to build towards your future wealth. Join me for more money tips and tricks on my Facebook group, Financially Focused Families. Follow me on Instagram, Heather's Financial Focus, or check up with me on LinkedIn, Heather Stokes-Benton, Legacy Builder, Wealth Navigator. Your financial future has never been more important. Let's get started today.